Thank you for listening to the Central Reformed Church Sermon Podcast. This episode's sermon is titled, How's Your Nutrition? and is based on John chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. It was delivered on Sunday, May 1st, 2022, by guest preacher Dr. Dan Griswold. So our gospel reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, if you're following along here or at home. It's John chapter 21, and beginning at the beginning of the chapter and going a fair ways in. Uh, one of the post-resurrection scenes. So Jesus had been raised from death, and he made a number of appearances to the apostles, uh, formerly called the disciples, and this is one of them. Hear the word of the Lord. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. The disciple whom whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, 
you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, for a few years now, but probably not long enough, I've been watching what I eat. Proud of me? (laughs) At least I'm trying to eat better. Really, I am. Honest. And by trying to eat better, I mean more vegetables, less red meat. To some extent, I have my son Chris to thank for this. He stopped eating meat in high school, maybe six years ago. So that pushed Tammy and me to find dishes that can work for all of us, so we weren't making two completely separate dinners all at the same time. We, want, we expanded our repertoire, and it's been delicious. Apparently healthy, too. But it wasn't just our son's vegetarianism, his vegetarian turn, that prompted this. I had some minor health problems a few years back that made me both want to eat healthier and less interested in having quite so much of the things that can cause me problems. Hamburgers, fried foods, ice cream. Oh, well. Nutrition, in short, has become more important to me. I want to eat the right things and take in the good stuff. And by good, I mean not only what is tasty, but even more the things that are good for me. Because my body, my energy, my mood, my productivity, all these are impacted by my having the right nutrition. We all know this, and maybe some of us live accordingly, hopefully more than just some, but it is, would you agree, so easy to slip. Instead of good stuff, we gorge on snacks and binge on sweets because the cookies look so lovely, the wings heavenly, the cheesecake glorious, and the loaded pizza to die for. It's not the meaning of life I often find myself pondering at night. It's this, sweet or savory. Which is to say, do I want my evening consumption of fat to be accompanied by sugar or by salt? Important question. So we eat, or we try to, and then we slip. Holidays and vacations are typical times for the slippage. So too can business travel. But it can also be when we're stressed, or bored, or tired, or lonely. 
And then we have our annual checkup with the doctor who asks us, so how are you eating? What are you eating? How's your nutrition? The gospel passage before us today is about a time when Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And what happens in this passage is that Jesus calls them to breakfast. That's right, breakfast, the most important meal of the day. One morning along a lake shore, Jesus feeds them. He gives them breakfast on the beach. Now, this isn't the first time Jesus fed them. Jesus, it seems, was often feeding them. Many times, Jesus has shown to be giving them food or drink, like the time they were at a wedding, and the wine runs out, and Jesus quietly took care of that shortage of wine. Or when they were out in the middle of nowhere with a few thousand people, and he stretched a few loaves of bread and some fish so that no one went hungry. Or just a few weeks before, in an upstairs room, and he led them in a Passover meal of elevated significance. This is my body. And here on the beach, as they dragged to shore the large catch of fish they had just taken, only because he had told them about it, they would have had nothing if it were not for him, he feeds them again. Fish and bread. Food but more than food. These were reminders of miracles past. These were holy nourishment, bringing into the present his promises, his wonders, his very life given for them. And then he asks Peter a question. Peter, exuberant, bold, first among the disciples, quick to confess Jesus as Messiah, quick to deny he even knew Jesus. This Peter, the one who only a few weeks before had three times denied that he knew Jesus, now stands before his living Lord, his master crucified and now raised to resurrection life, this Jesus whom he had denied. And Jesus asks him, do you love me? Now, Jesus doesn't ask this in order to decide whether to forgive Peter. Isn't it clear that he had already forgiven Peter? He was there with Peter and with the others who likewise had abandoned him. He had given them, including Peter, this great miraculous catch of fish. He had fed him and them breakfast. Do you love me? Jesus isn't testing Peter's worthiness for forgiveness. No, he's testing Peter's commitment to what comes after forgiveness. He's testing Peter's readiness to be the man of faith he had promised before and then failed to be. Do you love me? Three times he asks Peter, whether he loves him, not to mock, not to humiliate, 
but to solemnize Peter's promise, to put Peter under oath. And each time the the, the do you love me question is followed by a command. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Do you love me? Tend my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Because the love Peter has for Jesus will and must be shown in his care for Christ's flock. For all those whom Jesus, the good shepherd, has brought and may yet still bring into his fold. This will be the demonstration of Peter's love and his commitment and his loyalty and his rehabilitation from denier of Christ to apostle of Christ. Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. And those sheep, (laughs) they will need feeding. They sure will. They'll be hungry for good food, for proper nutrition for mercy and compassion, for reconciliation and forgiveness, for the word of God, for the message of salvation, for sound doctrine, for solid teaching, for the bread of life, for the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. The sheep will be hungry for this. The lambs will be craving such nutrition And Peter must take the lead in providing it, attending to the nutritional needs of those who are within Christ's sheepfold, asking them, how's your nutrition? None of us is Peter. I'm kind of glad about that, right? None of us are Peter. None of us are first among the disciples. Perhaps none of us will end up being put to death for our faith in Jesus, as Peter was, a death Jesus foretells in this conversation with Peter. And few of us are shepherds appointed by Christ to feed and tend his sheep in a formal way. Few of us have those positions of pastoral care, that is literally care of the sheep, pastoral, with roles and positions like minister and elder, or priest, or bishop. Rather, we are all the sheep to be fed and tended because we have been gathered into Christ's sheepfold. And yet, even though we are not all shepherds, not all are ministers or priests or elders or bishops, just as surely all Christians have an obligation to show their love for Jesus in their care for each other. They all have the responsibility to be attentive, not only to their own nurture and care, but to that of of others. All of us who follow Jesus as Savior and Lord must be asking each other, are you eating well? Are you getting the gospel sustenance you need? How, my friend, is your nutrition? I I'm concerned, I suspect, that we rarely ask such questions. Jesus feeds us. With his very life, he feeds us. We, 
who have stumbled, fallen, denied, betrayed, are fed by our risen Savior, fed with his love, fed with his power, fed with his body and blood. And then he asks us, knowing full well the answer, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then we must answer. Yes, Lord, we love you. Yes, dear Jesus, we'll feed your lambs. We'll tend your sheep. We'll do this. We are able to do this because only because you feed us. You yourself, O oh Lord, give us the food to share with others. Often the church has failed to feed and tend the sheep. Particularly, its ministers and priests and elders and bishops have often failed. <clears throat> to their shame and that of the whole church, some have even abused their sheep. And then there are the sheep who do not want to be fed. They have no interest in being tended. They turn up their noses at the food being offered. Let's be clear and honest about this. There is no shortage of sheep who confuse nutrition with entertainment. Many are the lambs who mistake being fed with being delighted. Accordingly, some wander off to other parts of the sheepfold, claiming, you've heard this before, right? I'm not being fed. Well, surely some are not being fed. <laughs> and the rest of us need to own that. But some are just hungry for junk food. And yet, many are hungry. So very hungry. They're hungry for meaning. They're hungry for purpose. They're hungry for love and acceptance. Their hunger is so deep, going down to their very bones. We know this hunger. We've known it ourselves. We are well familiar with the hunger pangs of shame, of estrangement, of purposelessness. We hold within our bodies the echoes of nutritional deprivation long past, or maybe not so long past, when we were in need of acceptance, of welcome, of love. Perhaps we even feel the hunger still, especially when life becomes so heavy and stressful that we too reach for the spiritual junk food. And yet the Lord Jesus himself has already made us breakfast. Bread from baskets overflowing, fish from nets almost bursting, the gifts of God for the people of God, and it is so nutritious. And after the meal, Jesus tells us to feed and tend the sheep. We have been fed, and then we are fortified to share with others the nourishment Jesus himself has prepared. Here's the thing. The church is not a social club. It's not an educational institution. 
It's not a provider of entertainment. It's not a TED Talk. Rather, the church is the fellowship of the redeemed that, in the pattern set by Peter, feeds the lambs and tends the sheep of Jesus entrusted to it by him. This is what we do. Not just ministers, this is what we all do. Together. When we stop doing it, then we stop being a church of Jesus Christ. And then we might as well turn the property over to an organization that can be a terrific social club or educational institution or entertainment value, venue, entertainment venue. But really, we do feed the lambs and tend the sheep. All of us together are bound together by our Lord for this work of feeding and tending the sheep. For those who are hungry, even if they do not know they're hungry, we seek to make available good food and proper nutrition, the word of God and the message of salvation, sound doctrine and solid teaching, the bread of life, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to ask each other, how's your nutrition? My friends, let us commit ourselves to good nutrition and to show the love we have for Jesus in our care for Christ's flock. For all those whom Jesus, the Good Shepherd, has brought and may yet bring into his fold. Amen. Let's pray. Loving God, you have fed us, feed us yet again. Remind us of your question and your command. Together, impelling us to love you and show our love for you in feeding your sheep. Show us that you have provided that food. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. New to Central? Since 1840, we have been connecting people to God and to one another through scripture, sacrament, song, and service. We are located on the corner of College Avenue and Fulton Street in the Heritage Hill neighborhood of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We hope you will give us the opportunity to meet you in person soon. To learn more about our mission, ministries, and ways you can grow and serve, please visit our website, centralreformedchurch.org.